Hello, everybody. Have a seat. Have a seat. Dave, you look pretty today. Uh, welcome to Revolution, everybody. I've got a few announcements for y'all tonight. Um, uh, as we announce every week, uh, small groups, if you guys are not in a small group, we'd love to get you uh, in more involved to help grow. Man, dang, Jim, turn me down. Um, small groups to help you guys grow in your relationship with the Lord and with each other. Um, we have every week after Revolution, Stephen does a small group. So if you guys um, do not know who he is, he's a guy in the back walking around with a nicely trimmed beard. And uh, so after the service, every Sunday, he has a small group. Um, every Monday night at the college at 8 o'clock, um, for you guys who are going to Shawnee, we have a small group there. Um, Dave helps lead that, and we're going through the book of Luke. Um, so you guys are at Shawnee, that'd be great to be involved with. Tuesday nights, Dustin Cooley is doing one at the Rev House, Guys Rev House, 7.30, right, on Tuesday nights. So if you guys want to be a part of that, if you're not in any of the other ones, that'd be great too. Um, next week, after Rev, we will be having a nursery meeting. Um, some things have been changing up, and we just want to address you guys, um, so you guys who are core members and are involved with the nursery, um, we'd love for you to stick after the service so we can tell you what's up. Um, free Market is coming up, um, hopefully the late late April, um, early May. So if you guys don't know what that is, it's where we basically um, put a bunch of stuff together, whether it be like non-perishable food items or clothes, um, toys, or anything like that that people in the community can use. Um, we'd love for you to gently warn stuff. It's like new, newish stuff that um, you would you'd want to give you to yourself, um, things like that, um, so we can give some stuff out in the community to those people who are in need. Um, I think next week... And there's a men's retreat, um, the 20th and the 21st. It's going to start Friday. Um, so all you guys that, um, you know, men, young, younger men uh, want to come out, it's going to be a really great thing. It's going to start around 530. They're going to have a dinner. And at 630, we'll, this first group will start up. And then it'll start back again, I think, um, 7 or 8 in the morning on Saturday. And so if you guys, uh, it's, there's a fee, about 40 bucks. But if you can't pay that fee, um, just talk to Rick, talk to Dave, um, so uh, maybe they can help you out there. So don't let that be an issue. Um, one more thing. Um, keep an eye open on Facebook. Alan and AJ are going to be moving back into the house. Um, those of you who don't know, the Rev House, one of the Rev Houses caught on fire. And uh, so they had to refurnish and just fix a lot of stuff in there. It's taken like a half a year pretty much. It's taken a really long time. Um, so they're going to be moving in and they're going to need some help. So keep an eye out tomorrow and maybe Tuesday around 6 o'clock. Um, we're going to meet at the Rev House the guy's rev house, and so bring some, some gloves, some old clothes you don't mind getting dirty, and um, we'll help them out then. Oh, yeah, and baptisms are coming up, so if you go, guys know somebody or any of you guys here that want to get baptized, um, let them know. Let us know. We're going to do it around Easter um, weekend, so keep an eye open for that. So that's about all that I have. Um, I have a question for you guys, finally. Um, it's kind of weird, but cookies and brownies. Fresh out of the oven, which do you prefer? Greet somebody that's not in... Don't tell me. Tell, tell the person you greet. Somebody that's not in your row. Hey, Revolution. How you guys doing tonight? We'll let that go, I guess. It was, it was longer in length than it was loud. So. We'll let that pass. I'm Ryan. Uh, I am... One, well, I guess at the moment I am the only elder right now at Revolution, uh, so we're, we're kind of looking and working through that. Um, 
But I am here tonight. Dave had a, um, a prior engagement with his beautiful fiance. Oh, can I say that and not be weird about this? Okay, cool. I wasn't going to say hot. That's just kind of weird. But she's very beautiful. Is this awkward for you yet? You sure? <laughs> anyway, uh, I just, I did with, to you what I did to Steve last week with the birthday thing. Um, anyway, they had a marriage counseling uh, deal to go to this weekend, so uh, we needed to take a spot to kind of, to reorganize ourselves around the vision of Rev anyway, so it seemed like a good time for me to get up here uh, and kind of talk to you about where we've been and where we're going, although I could have saved Dave the trouble since my wife's not here, I can give all kinds of marriage advice that she won't dispute, so... Um, so that makes it right, right? Speaking of which, I, I could have shared with him a couple of things. Actually, my grandpa told me when I got married. So uh, the first one is, are you listening? This is, you guys are here just as bystanders. This is for you. All right. You can be right or you can be happy. It's your choice. Piece number one. A married person said that. I can tell you that right now. They know. The second thing is, this is just in all walks of life, but it will apply to marriage too because you'll do dumb things. You got to be tough when you're dumb. That's true every day. So you can take that with you. You didn't have to spend a weekend going there. And then I could tell you all the other good things too, I guess, later on. But uh, just remember, washing dishes goes a long way in a marriage. So whenever she's mad at you, you go wash the dishes. Things usually get better. So it's true. Well, you got to find out what it is she hates, if it's laundry or dusting, whatever. But you find a thing that she despises to do, and you go do that. So and that usually gets you out of the hot water of doing whatever you did to get yourself in hot water that you probably didn't even know you did to begin with. So that's how that works. So anyway, um, there you go. Free marriage advice for all. Um, you can see me later if you need more marriage advice, and I will get you to someone who actually knows what they're doing. Um, Revolution's history. So we started, actually, I was thinking about it for the last couple of weeks. It was about this time in 2008. Um, I got an email from a guy that I've kind of been on email chains with off and on, and he always took these crazy stances on things. And it was like, on the other side of these emails, especially if you disagreed with what he said, he, he was extremely annoying um, because I think sometimes he wanted to win even if it meant that he would totally just go off his point to make you look stupid. Um, and he's like, hey, what do you think about starting a church? And I was like, sure, why not? That seems like the type of guy I want to do it with. But once you got to know Matt, it was, it was kind of interesting. But in the beginning, I had this picture uh, of a guy that, you know, would just fillet you on any argument. And it was always funny because I remember we were, it was like, and it was always politics in the beginning too. So he was a big politics guy and I didn't really care. Then he would, you know, crack on me for not caring and call me an American and all kinds of things like that. Um, so, so I got an email, so we, we met up, and uh, they were looking to start this church. I said, okay, that's what the city needs is another church. Um, and, and then he kind of started laying on me what they were thinking about doing. And I said, okay. It sounded interesting. So, so we met for about a, four months off and on, and kind of were, they had already formed a plan. So you had um, a guy, some of you don't know, by the name of Matt Rawlings, uh, you had Aaron Ellswick and Justin Clark. So these were the, kind of the three guys that was the brainchild to start a church uh, in this area. They all actually were going here along with me at, at Christ Community. Um, so we were all kind of in this environment here and all together. And they said, hey, we look around and there's, there's a bit of a gap. So we started reading books like Unchristian. Um, 
and the simple church and things like this where it really put out there that there's this 18 to 35 year old gap where the church is just really not being effective and, that, and that's the church as a whole so we thought well wonder what we could do to remedy that um, and at that time I mean I'm like 26 27 so uh, it seemed like that was kind of in the wheelhouse of like my friends the people that, that I do life with so we kind of had these series of, of meetings and groups and, and kind of started pulling people together, get feelers. Is anyone here, I know you won't be able to see Corey, uh, that, that came back in the day when we were in like Portsmouth gym? Yeah, we got, we got some old timers up in here. So, uh, so we, we started there. So where now there's like a stadium and all these things where Portsmouth High School, that's where Revolution kind of first started. So we started there. Uh, we would set up and tear down. There were some great stories from the beginning. They had a carnival circus there one time. And so they had all these mats out. And we, like, get in there. We had to roll the mats out. And they already had them out, which we thought was a great thing. It was like, oh, man, they finally saved us a step because it was kind of a pain to roll all these mats out on the gym. Then we realized the reason they left the mats out was because they had elephants there. And they just took a giant poop, like, on the mat. So we go to have church, and there's just giant. I mean, it's an elephant. So just imagine. I mean, you know, how big. There's giant elephant poop like in the middle of the of the green mat so that was one of those it looked like it was a good thing and then like soon you walked in you're like mm, something ain't right here there's something wrong you know <laughs> like my nose is telling me something something happened and then you kind of look over there in the corner and there's just just big brown hay sticking out of it is weird it's bad um so so early on it was really humbling when you're scooping up elephant poop getting ready for church uh that's one of those we always say we we're going to write a book that's one of the things we were we were going to put in the book. Um, another thing, we were like always looking for places to have revolution because that was a struggle. Um, and it, it still was until Christ's community was so gracious to give us this space. But, you know, our town is obviously an older town, so there's not a lot of big buildings. And then the big buildings you have aren't really conducive to meetings because they got like concrete columns that are like six foot around right in the middle of them. And it's really difficult if you're trying to look and there's a big concrete column in your way it's hard to see through that unless you're superman so um it was difficult to find a space so we were like going everywhere um and i remember like matt and justin and i were at a bar in town called richard noggins like asking if we could rent the space and the look on that lady's face when we told her what we were wanting to do uh was just like priceless it was great because we're sitting there like talking to the lady and like hey we want to start a church and she's like you see like instantly the you know, defenses go up, oh great, here we go, and then like, we want to actually like rent the space from you, and then like, she was interested because that meant money, um, but then like, then it was kind of weird that you were going to have a church and a bar, and then she couldn't wrap her head around it, so that was always a fun evening, um, and then that same evening, I found one of the buddies I went to high school with, and got to share the gospel with him, which is really crazy doing at a bar, um, it's interesting, uh, it's not something that happens every day, I guess, but so we had these things going on in the beginning. It was a real struggle. Um, it, it was a good struggle. I mean, it was, it was worthwhile, obviously, looking back. But it, it was definitely a struggle. So we were, we were trying to just scrape everything together every weekend. Um, well, from the technical side of things, if you imagine, you know, packing everything up Sunday nights and Sunday, you know, I'd get there about 1 o'clock and we'd start rolling everything out and trying to, you know, just get the band ready to have service and we had lights that you had to put up and it was crazy um so th those were the early days um and, and it's interesting to me because it really kind of 
cemented uh, our vision of why we were doing what we're doing. Um, so we had this gap from 18 to 35-year-olds, and it was easy in the beginning to get some people plugged in. So, hey, come at 1 o'clock, be on the setup team. We'll do this, that, and the other. Uh, and we caught some traction. And then the other area that we, we thought or felt that the church really lacked or church that we wanted to be would, would create is an area that would make it easy um, and intentional to reach people who don't necessarily look like you. Um, to reach people, I guess that scripture would call the least among us. So maybe people that don't live in the neighborhood that I live or people that, you know, uh, don't have a, a college education or don't necessarily have a great job or a job at all, um, to go out and be intentional and, and reach out to those people. So that was kind of the two, the, the two driving forces to really uh, start revolution. So the, the guys called me up. We had a meeting. Uh, they, they pitched that idea to me, and I was in. I was like, okay, this sounds cool. And then rightfully so kind of initially i was just involved as like the uh music creative person until we got closer to launch and then once we got closer things just kind of evolved and they decided to bring me in uh, as an elder because it was i don't know why they did but they just did so obviously it was uh god's providence i guess that they did that assuming that we're supposed to be here now so what is revolution about that is something that Every now and again, we get asked, like, so what, is, what does your church do? What do you think? Why are you here? What, do you, what are you wanting to do? So let's throw up Matthew 28. We, we kind of harp on this. I don't mean harp, but we, we say this a lot. So this is Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So everything that we've done up to this point, um, and will continue to do in the future, is going to be based around this, that we are to go out and make disciples. There's different ways that you can look at organizations and churches, right? So you can look at... Uh, organizations and churches as uh you know trying to get people involved um try to get you know butts and seats try to get the numbers up because the numbers are up maybe the offerings up and the offerings up maybe we can do cooler events um there's all kinds of ways to look at this we always wanted to, to scope our vision for what revolution should be and how it would be effective through are we making disciples consistently and then eventually are those disciples making disciples and then continuing on and on. So let's talk about um, one other thing before we move to the vision. The, the other part about being and making disciples is that we need to encourage, needed to, still do, need to encourage people to get into uh, the mix. You learn because you have to learn sometimes. Sometimes uh, we're, we're in a situation, in a position where we're comfortable, so maybe we don't crack open um, the Bible like we should and, and read for knowledge. Maybe we're, we're reading it to check off a list if we're even reading it all. So one of the things about pushing people to make disciples and then, and then pushing them to make disciples is that it, it forces them to read. It forces them to learn. It forces uh, them to answer questions, to be accountable. So if something you've never thought of, a person you're trying to disciple says, hey, what do you think about this? And it's, you know, it's something that you can dig into Scripture. You can go... Uh, to Dave or, or to me or whoever and find a resource that can answer that question. So an, another beneficial part about pushing this idea of discipleship and really holding tight to scripture on this is that it, it would force us to grow and to learn. So let's talk about our vision frame. 
so he's already got the first slide up there. Um, our, our mission is to fulfill our king's command and make committed disciples. That's this idea. In a vision frame, is like some people will have like a mission statement. You see a lot of businesses that have mission statements. We wanted to make a frame around an idea. So instead of saying this is solely our mission statement, we want to make a few statements that encompass the idea of what we want revolution to be. So that's statement number one. Statement number two, revolution's values are anchored in loyalty to King Jesus, the rightful ruler of all creation. And then I wanted to throw up here the reasoning for this. Let's do uh, Colossians. There we go. Uh, This is Colossians 1. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So this is our uh, motivation for why we want everything we do um, to be wrapped around this idea of loyalty to King Jesus. Uh, As Paul says here, it's this idea that that you have a supreme God, a supreme being um, who is worthy uh, of all praise. And and so we want to fall under that um, and recognize as Jesus as the head of the body, head of the church, and we are subservient to him. So the next next line would be revolution strategy to carry our king's great commandment is to train a core group of missional young people to be radical disciples through deep engagement in spiritual disciplines, scripture, prayer, fasting, sacrificial giving, simple living, etc. So again, we're just carrying out how we would physically carry out these ideas. So we want to move people um, from from an idea of being consumeristic, uh, like like the American dream would tell you, all the things you need to go get for you to be happy. Um, and realize that we need to be missional. So these are all the things that I need to give. And if I give these things, that's what's going to make me complete. Um, let's see, we've got two more. Revolution will measure the progress of its participants to the degree of re- repentance demonstrated by individuals within the community. Specifically, this will be measured by the number of participants who move from the larger worship community to the discipleship mission groups uh, to individual ministry commitments. So the idea would go that you would come to Christ um, you would have a, a desire uh, and a thirst for knowledge, and we would get you in a missional group. And then as we get you in a missional group, you become discipled. Then as you become discipled, we would start plugging you in with someone else to disciple them. Um, and, and so this is a, kind of a, a very fast pace. It doesn't necessarily happen like I'm just saying, like it's easy. Uh, but we go from you know just being a believer to moving to being in a mission group, from being in a mission group to being a disciple, from being a disciple to discipling someone else. So that's the idea of, if we're being effective, uh, is how this would work, how this would look. And our, our last piece would be, the vision is to produce a revolutionary community that clearly and distinctly honors Jesus. It's pretty self-explanatory. But I wanted to give these to you guys. I don't think we've ever shared these out um, publicly in this format. We've had some things on the website that... that says this in a different way but this is pretty simple straightforward so this is what revolution is about these ideas um these ideas that we're going to look through scripture through the lens of scripture to make disciples and that we are going to be loyal 
uh, to King Jesus. So with that in mind, there are some things that revolution is not. Um, and some, probably most of you, if you're here, figured this out already. I need to, ooh, that was cool. Uh, revolution, we can throw that next slide up. Revolution is not a cruise ship. Uh, I, some of you might be like, obviously, look around, we're not even on water. Um, but it's the idea, you are astute if you thought that, by the way, it's a good catch. Um, it's the idea that, that church can be a multitude of things, but there are also generalities that, that we wanted to make ourselves distinct from. So you have this idea um, of like a cruise ship and a battleship. And so what revolution is not is a cruise ship. So what revolution is not is what Matt used to say was codependent church. So we're, we're not in the business of making sure you're comfortable and happy. So Dave and I are not taking around fresh towels and Mai Tais to everybody as they sit on the sun deck and bathe themselves. That's not what we're about. Um, we're not about making sure that um, you're so comfortable and that everything went the way that you needed it to be and that everything about revolution is the way that you want it. Um, that might sound a little bit cruel, but it's because we're about the alternative, which would be the battleship idea, so that if we're all in service to King Jesus, um, if that is our goal, if our, if our goal is to be loyal, then we all would have a job, we all would have a task, we all will be part of his body, and if we're all, all part of his body, uh, then we all have some specific thing that we need to do. So imagine if your finger decided that today was its day to go on a cruise, and so that your foot should serve your finger all day, that would make things difficult to get done, right? I and mean, this is the idea, it sounds stupid, but that's what we're saying that we are not doing. We are not uh, going to let certain um, packets of people, you know, try to take the vision and move this way or that way or, or you know, we're, we're not going to change our core values of what we do because it offends someone that, that we, you know, solely go after the gospel, which these things sound like crazy, right? Like, well, who in the right mind is going to get upset that you do that? But it, it happens, believe me. Um, it happens, I wouldn't say a lot, but it happens. So you have people who, who want to, who, who feel like church is like Walmart, right? So you just go in, you pick what you want, and then you purchase it, and you move on. I believe that the church is more like a battleship where we show up, here's a task for us to complete, and this is what we do. We, we just look at it completely different. We don't look at it like a consumer. We look at it like someone who would be a soldier on a battleship. So this is this idea that revolution is not a cruise ship. It's not to say we don't love you, not to say we don't care about you. Uh, actually, because of that reason, that's why we want to push this idea. Uh, that's why we used to say this over and over and over. We want you to grow. We want you to be a, a functioning, mature, healthy Christian. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that you're in service and not the one being served. Because when you read scripture, there's only one person who should be served. And that's not me, that's not David, that's not the person sitting next to you, that's King Jesus. So let's make sure we understand that idea. Let's move to the next slide. Worship. So we have worship, grow, serve. That's been kind of our little uh, mantra since, since early on. We had this idea of what does it take to make a mature, complete Christian? What, what ideas, what areas should we focus uh, to, to really help people that if they could get their idea uh, and their hands around these three things that, that they would be 
kind of more fully formed. Not say you'd be complete, but you'd be uh, more fully formed. So we have this idea of worship. First thing we have to dictate is, is what are we worshiping? We just throw this word out, worship. So what, who, how, what about worship? So when we read through Colossians, it, it put this picture of God as, as this all-knowing, all-supreme, you know, just unmatchable being. And we can look at that and obviously realize, okay, that's probably worth worshiping. But then it goes a step farther and tells us that, you know, this supreme being gave up his life for us, made a way for us through Jesus Christ. And then obviously the last line of that was that he made his way for us through this cross. So it's this idea that we worship someone who would lay down their life for us when not, not having to, as, as they said last week when talking about the Trinity, just being in complete communion with itself decides, I, w- I want to make a way for people to give me glory. So he makes people, he makes Jesus, and therefore we have, you know, us here. And then he goes a step farther and takes Jesus, makes a perfect life, makes him live a perfect life on our behalf. And then, obviously, Jesus dies for our sins. And if we confess and believe, uh, we have this idea of faith. So that's what we would want to do with worship. So we want to focus all of our worship towards that. And that doesn't mean music. It's a lot bigger than that. Uh, Matter of fact, there's a, a really good quote that I'll read for you. Worship is a submission of all of our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by his holiness, the nourishment of mind with his truth, the purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose, and all of this gathered up in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable and therefore the chief remedy for that self-centeredness which, are, which is our original sin and the source of all actual sin. So it's this idea that when we focus on something else, when we focus our, our time our attention on on something else, then we take the focus off of us. So that's why we deem worship as a, a key component and probably the first component. And again, that that's not. I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about how we do, what we what we do, why we do. Um, all these motivations that go behind us. It's either you're worshiping something, either you're going to worship uh, King Jesus, or you're going to worship yourself and your own motivations. So we wanted we wanted to put that piece in there first. Um, next we have grow and grow is this idea that uh, you want to worship something and in order to you know after you would come to Christ or while you're in the seeking phase wondering what what the heck's up with all this um, the grow portion is what what makes us obviously know more uh, about what we're worshiping and and takes that to the next level Um, and it also enables us to to grow with other individuals so the, the key factor of why we use this idea of grow and why we have revolution set up the way we do is mission groups. So Sunday nights we come here, typically Dave gives us a message, we sing, um, we go home, and it's never really in depth. It's never really a, a place where you can pop a hand up and say, hey, I got a question. It's not set up that way, and it's intentional. It's set up so we come, we, we spend uh, you know, an hour and a half together as a corporate body, and then we move on. Then we move on about whatever life has to happen, and then the idea would be we come back in the middle of the week, um, and, and we do a mission group, and that is where you have the opportunity to ask questions, where we have the opportunity to 
uh, get into some sort of study and say, hey, you know, Ryan, I've been struggling with this. What do you think about that? Or, hey, we were talked about this Sunday night, and I'm not sure I get it. Uh, so the mission groups are vitally important to what happens. If you want to grow, um, you're going to need more than just what's happening on Sunday night. We recognize that. That was intentional to be that way. Uh, that's why we need mission groups. That's why you need to be involved in mission groups. If you want to be plugged in with people, if you feel like you're on the outside looking in, um, if you feel like, you know, it, no one cares or it's very difficult to get involved, join a mission group. Um, that, that's where a lot of relationships start from. Most of, if not all of uh, my relationships have in and around revolution have either been through a mission group or some service project. That's how you get to know people. You've got to spend time with them, rub elbows with them. Um, so, obviously, grow is, a, is an important component of, of this. And serve is kind of the culmination of both of these things. So, we're going to worship God, um, specifically, you know, because of what he's already done um, and, and how he's moving. And then we're going to grow in knowledge. We're going to grow in um, wisdom about how we, how we can look at situations, how we can look at people. Um, most importantly, hopefully grow in love about how we treat situations and how we treat other people. And that should cause us to want to serve. Uh, that should cause us to want to go out and do something in the community, do something where I work, do something where I go to school. Um, that should kind of just be uh, more of a motivation to really put gasoline on the fire to get out and do something. Um, and one thing I want to make sure that we talk about is that it's not just an event. Like we do certain events. We do free market. Um, we do East End projects. It's not just events that, that I'm talking about with serve. It's, it's everyday daily living. That's, that's one area that we really need to, to make sure that we're getting right on the worship grow serve aspect. Um, and like I said, we viewed these things as if we can get these three concepts across, if you can understand these three ideas, uh, then I believe that, that you have uh, more of a foundation to really grow, to blossom, um, to really be mature as a Christian. So, and if we're missing one of these three parts, or one of these three parts are out of sorts, it, it can cause some issues for us. Um, so there's some things we messed up along the way. Uh, doing this for a period of time, kind of like when two people get married, when you put one sinner in a house with another sinner, guess what happens? Sin. It's kind of the same it's the way it works. I know it's, that was a thought-provoking, but uh, that's how that works. Same here. When you put, when you put people, uh, you know, in, in charge, um, in, in leading an organization or a church, um, you know, sometimes bad ideas happen, um, and sometimes no one catches the bad ideas before they've come to fruition. So I thought I'd share a couple things. One of them is kind of funny. I laugh now. But man, we were dumb, um, which, is, which is stupid. So when we're starting revolution, like one would think it might be wise just to say hey to some of the other churches and just say, hey, here's what we're doing. You know, we're going after this group of people. It's cool. Um, you know, just want to introduce ourselves and say, hey, it's one way to do it, right? So you can just kind of go around, just introduce yourself. You know, we're not interested in, in stealing your guys's uh, sheep. We're not sheep stealers. If they're being fed and happy in your church, we want them to stay there. We're going after people who aren't in church. Just make that clear with everyone. It's like option one. Option two, I'll, you can figure out which one we did, okay? Option two would be you have an event in town uh, where you kind of have like some 
uh, more heavier Christian rock there. You have this event in town, and you, as a new church, you would think it would be really cool to hand out little cards that says, come to revolution, and then on the back, it would say, church that doesn't suck. That would be a great way to get your name out in the community and get everyone on board with what you're doing. Does that make sense to anyone else? Because that made sense to us at the time, because that was perfect. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, no one's going to be upset. No one's going to ask us to leave halfway through the event because they're offended by our sign. That would never happen. Um, but that's a, that's a true story. So we had an event in New Boston. Uh, we handed out little cards to all these people that say, come to Revolution, and on the back, church that does And it wasn't even like, like it was straight up, like the front was black and white. Shocking, I know. Um, and, but the back was like, had this crazy red and white design with church. Like it was like super, like it grabbed your attention. Um, so that was, uh, that, was, that was our first official like event thing that we'd ever done, uh, was, was that. Um, so... Well, that kind of got us started off a little bit on the wrong foot with some of the local churches, and there was a lot of, of apologizing and, and backpedaling and trying to get them to understand that the motive behind that was that outsiders who aren't in church obviously aren't there for a reason, so they must think that church sucks. So we were just going to tell them, hey, this church doesn't suck, so go ahead and come. I mean, you know, simple. Um, but apparently people were offended because then if they're not coming to their church, then you're apparently implying that their church sucks um and we weren't really wise enough or or smart enough or care so much as just to say well that may be true that's exactly why we well if you feel that way then that's on you i guess because you know yeah anyway <laughs> wrong move so we, we've done that uh we've, we've had a lot of bonehead moves of that nature um along the way uh, probably one of the things that has, has hurt us the most though uh, and dave and i have had this conversation um, matter of fact, I think he quitted me on Facebook when I was all high on cold medicine, um, is that we've, we've, we've focused in on one component of the Worship Grow Serve, um, and in doing so, I think it got us all out of whack. So we went through a little phase where, um, again, the, the, the thought process behind it was not crazy, but if, if people knew more about the gospel and about God um, and about you know, it's a kind of a simpler way of saying theology, then they would be more, uh, there would be more motivation. They'd be more apt to go out and share that. Uh, that was the thought process. So we started doing all these different things to, to really grow. And it wasn't that it was a bad idea, um, but because of time constraints of college students and, and all of us being, you know, working pastors and different things, some things had to be changed in, in, uh, as far as when we can go do serve items or what we're focusing on. So what ended up happening is we kind of went all in on grow um, and really kind of neglected the serve part. Um, and, and it really, I think, messed with a lot of what we were doing. So in the beginning, you'd have people who didn't know a lot about Scripture but were excited uh, about what Jesus has done for them, excited that, uh, you know, the... the God would actually call them out of darkness, uh, excited that God would just show them love even though they, they didn't even know what to do with it, didn't, obviously didn't earn it, um, and, and so they want to go do something. And that is a great person to be around. Um, when, you're, when you've been a believer for a while and you get like old and crusty and like 
you don't care. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's great when new people come along and are excited because it makes you excited because, you know, you look at things in a different way or you get excited because, you know, it's great to be reminded um, of who God is and what he's done for us. Well, what's happened is when we started this grow portion, we just focused all that energy on picking up books um, and, and reading and growing, which is great on one hand, but not at, this, not at sacrificing serve. And so Dave and I were, were talking about this, and, and we made it too easy for someone to pick up a book instead of picking up a trash bag. We made it too easy for people to be all consumed um, by knowing more about God, but it's just knowledge. Without application, you don't really have understanding. Without understanding, you don't have wisdom. So you're not really a complete, mature believer. You're someone who knows a lot of doctrine or knows a lot of theology, but don't give a crap about the person beside you. And that's not what we want as revolution. That's not what God calls us to. And so we've, we've recognized that. We've recognized that we spend a lot of time making theologians and not disciples. Uh, matter of fact, we were talking about this probably a year ago. We had a, a group of people that wanted to just get around and talk theology. And I was talking to David and Eric. I said, I, that's a great idea, but it's a two-for-one thing. So for every one meeting that you want to talk theology, you've got to spend two meetings going out and doing something about it. Uh, because it, it's too easy to sit at a table and, and grab a coffee and, and talk about doctrine, um, to talk about grace. And it apparently is, is a lot more difficult to get out in the community and show people that grace. And so that's an area that I think we're still struggling through. That's an area uh, that's difficult for all of us because I, I love to talk shop. I love to, to chat with David and say, hey, I ran across this. We're doing that this week, you know, talking about... Romans 7, what do you think about sin and, and the implications for all that? Um, and that's easy because it's something I enjoy. I, I love talking about Scripture. You know, but, but maybe I, I do that, and then there's you know, a guy at my work that I need to be sharing the gospel with, that I have shared the gospel with. I need to continue on that conversation, and I can pat myself on the back to say, oh, I was, I was you know, talking Scripture with Dave, so you know, I'm doing what I need to do when in all actuality... That's not the surf component of this. That's just me enjoying doing what I'm doing. Uh, so how much service is that compared to going out and making disciples? So that's, that's something that we really need to focus on going forward. So where we're headed, um, you know, usually if, if I was any good at this type of thing, I would have some big events that we're going to be doing right now, and we'd be rolling those out. And when I get you all excited about you know, really, you know, taking these events and we're going to get all these things going. But I think for us to be effective, what has to happen is we're in a place where we need to serve. And it's not serve as an event. I mean, it's important that we all come together as a community. That's what strengthens us individually. That's what, that's what lets me know, you know, uh, about Jim or how his life's being because we're, we're working side by side. So we're talking people, talking to people, and in between talking people. I can, you know, he can rub it in how his stinking UK has not been beaten and all this other. What are you people? You, pe you people that cheer. Don't cheer for Jesus, but cheer for the cats. You wait till worship starts. I'm going to point you out. All of you. All of you. Anyway. But that's how you get to know people. So if you feel like you're not involved, that, that's what I want to encourage you is. There's two versions of this, two ways it can go down, right? So you can say, I don't feel involved, um, I'm on the outside, 
uh, I, I don't know what's going on and be standoffish or those who've, and you look at people and say, well, they seem like they're involved. Wonder why they're doing that. And, and really what happens is, is these people that you think are involved are involved because they wanted to be involved. They didn't get a personalized invitation. Um, it's, they get that there's a need or that they're, they're trying to make time to, to go serve people in Easton, to pick up trash, or they're doing something daily where they're at and they have questions. So they, they start a dialogue about, hey, you got a guy at work. He says, you know, he doesn't understand how we can think Jesus is real. It's all a fable. What could I tell him? How, how do I point him in the right direction? Or you have a guy at work that, you know, whatever, had a fire. He needs help. How can we help them? Is revolution, is there anything we can do? These are the ways that we can grow. If you're on the outside, if you feel like you're on the outside, um, know that it's not my desire, it's not David's desire for any of this to be inside, outside, who's in, who's out. Our desire is to serve, period. Our desire is to worship. Our desire is to grow. So we want you, I'm begging you, please get involved. Uh, Get involved in a mission group. Get involved in these events. um, And we can get you as a community, as a fellowship, kind of get together. Um, but what we don't want to miss out on is daily living. So that's, that's the part where Dave and I just had this conversation the other day. It, there's parts of what Dave can do. So if Dave was a full-time pastor and had all the time in the world, he can meet with every one of you every day. So just pick, this is my day to meet with you, my day to meet with you. And, and there is some value to that interaction. But that doesn't make Rev a healthy church. What makes Rev a healthy church is if we all are living this daily. We're all serving daily. We're all growing daily, and we're daily worshiping. That's what makes us healthy. It doesn't make us healthy to have uh, direct communication with, with Dave. That doesn't make Rev as a church healthy. What makes us healthy is if we make disciples that make disciples that makes disciples that makes disciples. And in that disciple making, we start to change the community. We start to change the area. We start to change the college. So people come to college. People come to Shawnee State and, and want to know where can they get plugged in and, and automatically someone say, hey man, you need to get to Rev. Um, people come not, not knowing a clue about Christianity. Uh, hey, come see me. I, I want you to talk to these people. They can help you out. Uh, you got, you know, quad mates or whatever and you can ask them, what, what's different about you? Why, why are you doing what you do? That's what we need to be healthy every day. We got to live it. It's not an event. It's not about having these, you know, spending $5,000 and having some huge event on the East End and, you know, we'll all wear, you know, T-shirts and we'll hand out flyers and we'll make this all about revolution. I was, I was talking to Rick. What would be the most impactful thing is if we make this about Jesus. It's not about our names on a shirt. It's not about dropping flyers and getting people here. It's about going out with the motivation that we need to love people because of what Jesus did for us. So that is the reason we worship, that is the reason we grow, and that's the reason that we serve. So I want to encourage you um, to to daily, wrap your head around this, uh, that daily, try to worship, try to grow, and try to serve. You don't have to try to worship. You're going to worship something. We've already made that evident. But we have ways in which we can grow. Uh, even if it's you don't have time, and I'm guilty of this, you don't have time at that particular moment when you need to read, ponder on the gospel. Think about that. Think about what it means um, for, for God, all-knowing, 
all-powerful to send a son down on your behalf. Think about what that implies. Think about how God could do that for us. What, what should we be doing for others? Stare through that lens for a while. Look at how work would be different if I had that kind of love. Think about how school uh, would be different. Think about how relationships that you have in your life would be different if, if you viewed life through that kind of lens. Just make an effort to serve daily. Make an effort to get in a mission group. Uh, and I really think um, we'll see the tide turn. I think we've, we're starting down a new path, which is really the old path. We just had things happen in between. Um, but I really think we can have an impact. I, I believe that God's called us here for that purpose, that we can go out to the campus, to that community, um, and, and do something different, that people can look at us and say, hey, what's, what's different about you? Why do you do what you do? So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for uh, the opportunity not to be here. We thank you that, that we can come and worship uh, and that we can hear the vision that you've given us for this church. Uh, I, I just pray that, that we would continue to, to honor you uh, with worshiping and growing and serving and that the words tonight, the idea tonight of, of being a life every day that, that would live in worship in, in the service to you um, and growing while we put these ideas uh, into practice. Lord, I just pray that that would be our motivation, um, that, that we can just continue to want to grow, continue to want to serve, um, and that your spirit would really just waking up, waken us on the inside, uh, make us alive, make these priorities for us. Um, Lord, I pray as we, as we sing tonight, we can just recognize you as king, recognize you as Lord. In your name we pray, amen.